Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message.
investment that they had or influence that they had of any company that would do business with Israel. They just voted that uh, last week, and we've got, of course, uh, uh, our president and, and John Kerry, the Secretary of State, making statements, but we wonder if they have a brain-connected reality and making statements about Israel, not always openly, sometimes behind the scenes they get caught by doing that. So the question that you and I have to answer this morning is going to be very important, is why should we be concerned about what happens in Israel? We're living in America, and many of us live in smaller towns and various places, and so uh, the question comes, uh, what, does that, what does that make to us, what happens in Israel? And why should we be concerned about that? And so I want to minister to you this morning of why we should be concerned about Israel. Verse 20 of Luke chapter 20, if you'll follow with me for a moment. Uh, but when you uh, see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of the herd depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are uh, pregnant, those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations in Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the uh, stars, and on the earth. Distress of nations uh, with per uh, perplexity actually interpreted and uh, nations that don't know what to do. This is a very fitting. Uh, the sea and the waves roaring and hearts failing them for fear and this uh, expectation of those things which uh, are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. And now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Uh, look at the fig tree and all the trees when they're already budding. You see and know uh, for yourselves that summer is now so you also, when you see these things happening, know that the time of the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, uh, lest your hearts be weighted down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come upon you Therefore, and pray always uh, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things uh, that will come to pass and to stand before Son of Man. This is a very interesting study of uh, prophecy because this prophecy is a double-edged prophecy. Some of this already was fulfilled, as we'll note as we're there, but much of this is still in the future and is going to be fulfilled. So why should we be concerned uh, about what's happening in Israel. First of all, there is a spiritual consequence. Let's look for a moment at Israel, the land. 
scripture, he has some statements made that let us understand there's a covenantal dimension concerning the territorial region of Israel. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, God said these words on the same day. The Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I've given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 11, uh, it says, Then there will be, uh, this will be the place where the Lord your God chooses uh, to make his name uh, abide. Those are very important and crucial statements, and we're going to turn into what we're going to say today. So what we have then is a sacred element of the land or the territorial region of Israel. Deuteronomy 32 verse 8 says, When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, when he separated them, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. So their spiritual consequences is why we should be concerned and the spiritual consequences, how we relate to Israel, uh, is going to affect uh, our future. It says in this text, when Jerusalem uh, has uh, peace, uh, we have peace. Psalms 122, 6 through 9 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions... Uh, I will now say, Peace be within you, because the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So here now is some profound dimensions that we want to uh, ponder this morning. Nations uh, are vitally affected by their attitude and by their actions towards uh, this land. They are either blessed or they're cursed. Very simply put, uh, and the history uh, plays that out. In 1917, when England was in uh, World War One, and it was a crucial dimension, they ran out of the ability to obtain gunpowder, and uh, there was a crucial, crucial moment, and there was a Jewish uh, chemist. His name was Chaim Wiseman. And uh, this man invented an artificial uh, method to make gunpowder called carbon tetrachloride. Uh, and uh, this probably saved England from defeat in World War I. And uh, Lord Balfour uh, in England, because of his appreciation for the uh, monumental achievement of saving the nation from that, declared a national homeland for the Jews. This is called the Balfour Declaration, and as he uh, uh, declared that for national homeland uh, for the Jews, uh, this uh, gave the Jews a territorial uh, right, and uh, it stretched over into Jordan, clear on over into nearly to Iraq. It was a very large uh, piece of territory, and, and, and that triggered something about the Jews having a hope that they could be having an identity back, uh, because uh, for 2,500 years they had not had. A, a, a homeland, and, uh, and so he did this. Uh, Jews began to stream back, but uh, they broke that treaty because of the pressure of the Arab nations. Uh, they betrayed uh, Israel uh, on that uh, Balfour Declaration, uh, and in that moment, they began the spiral downward of the nation of uh, England 
that once ruled the world, her mighty affluence. Uh, they said at one time that the sun never set upon the British Empire, but that began their spiral downward and has continued until this day. It was crucial when they turned upon that treaty, then there was more involved than just simply a statement that was made, and it played out in that national destiny. Adolf Hitler, many of you are young, you don't have understanding, but you need to read some history and educate yourself. Adolf Hitler hated Jews. He had what uh, he called the final solution, and uh, history has recorded that some six million Jews uh, perished, uh, yeah, many of them in the gas ovens, and uh, uh, a horrible time, World War II, uh, was around this. And so as a result of that, to, to cut to the chase and cut it a long story short, Millions of Germans died because of the disaster and the curse that came upon Germany. Uh, the financial disaster, uh, the humiliation uh, played out by powerful, modern, technological, uh, 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 able society that began to spiral downward has never recovered to this day. Uh, and this moves us now to the United States of America. On May the 10th, 1948, uh, a... Uh, May 15th, 14th rather, uh, 1948, a significant thing took place. Here is Israel. So for 2,500 years, they have not had a, a, a nation themselves. They've been a nation without identity. And uh, a president of the United States called Harry Truman was very instrumental. Uh, he had a friend who was a Jew that persuaded him to help Israel or at least influence that. He backed the recognition of, of Israel as a nation before the United Nations. And on May 14, 1948, Israel declared themselves a national entity and began a blessing on the United States of America, an era of unprecedented prosperity and blessing on the nation of America. And we are recipients of a great deal of that right as we're setting this auditorium. But there, there's, a, there's a perilous course that has now laid hold of the United States of America. You're reading about it in the news. President Obama really does not want to back Israel. He's a man that does whatever he can to, to regain or to retain his power. John Kerry, who can't hit his butt with both hands, is the Secretary of State. He's one of the traitors of Vietnam, the long history. And so here's these two men, both despise Israel, caught in the, in the pressure of this. And as we sit in this building today, perilous times indeed have come. And remember now, nations are blessed or cursed by how they orient themselves to Israel, a nation, and so it does, uh, it, it gives great concern, we should have great concern, because there's spiritual consequences that are involved. So having said that then, we want to uh, look for a moment why we should be concerned, because Israel is God's time clock. Prophecy, uh, uh, front and center, hinges upon the nation of Israel. Uh, recently, uh, within the last uh, dozen or so years, there's two men that uh, did a last uh, uh, last time film series, Hal Lindsey 
and uh, uh, and a man named Jenkins. They did these uh, these last time. Jerry Jenkins did these last days uh, films, and uh, as they did those, uh, uh, probably the first couple we showed, and uh, then I began to I began to look at that. I thought I want those shown. I said this is this is Christian cups and lovers. This is not for prophecy, you know. And, and uh, I said I forbid them to be shown in our church. I said that's a not, they're not true. They're twisting the reality that is there, and and people. It is important uh, that the word of God be presented as it is. Can you say Amen? Because I don't want you to show any more of those. And so there has been a, a tremendous uh, uh, interest in prophecy uh, in our lifetime, specifically, uh, very 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 much so. And uh, uh, many books and films and uh, and uh, publications. Uh, uh, have been one one recent that has made its rounds is still being advertised as Harbinger. Here's a Jewish rabbi, and uh, he takes one verse in Isaiah chapter nine, gives the whole uh, the whole retinue of uh, of uh, conclusions of there. I had a man in my church said, Pastor, have you read the Harbinger? I said, No, I haven't. He said, Very very interesting. So my alarm bells went off, and so I got it and read it. Uh, it's horse manure, and so. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, now he's—I uh, see—he's written another one. Uh, if I pronounce it correctly, the Shatima, and this is a mystery that nobody knows but him. He, this is, uh, no, it's, uh, you want to be careful when folks come up with things that nobody's ever thought of before, because uh, can you say amen? And uh, then, uh, uh, then we got uh, uh, John Hagee, who uh, thinks he's uh, uh, a Jew or whatever he is. You know, he's. Uh, uh, four blood moons, and uh, and uh, I had my pastors calling, say, you know, what the four blood moons? So I had to read that, and when I read it, I said, man, I don't know, you know, these beasts and this. So I, beasts me, I, I can't understand, and, and only to find out that these dates are all wrong, and that's it. I, I kind of suspect maybe that finances, uh, making money and selling books, might have had. Uh, something to do with all of these things, and I just, you know, I think that way sometimes. And so, uh, but uh, prophecy, when we come to the issue of prophecy, time is an issue. And uh, here's the focus that we want to bring. Uh, this focus is not new. It uh, was in the days when Jesus spoke. Uh, this is a part of this is, uh, had to do with Titus taking uh, uh, the city of Israel and the Jew, the temple, Herod's temple, and so on. But much of that is in the future, but regardless of where it is, the focus of this text is on Jerusalem, and that's very meaningful. Verse 20, listen. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. So as I say, this has a double meaning. Part of this had to do with the fulfillment of prophecy in the time of Titus, who destroyed the temple and, uh, and besieged the city and, and burnt the city in 70 A.D. But much of this is still future, and this is very meaningful this morning as you and I are sitting here. Here's Turkey. Turkey at one time was very friendly with Israel, but now has turned back into the Muslim world. Uh, here's Syria. Here's Egypt. Uh, here's Jordan. Here's Iran. All of these are sworn to wipe Israel off the map. They're poised to do that. If they could, they would do it, but they don't have the ability at the moment. But to feed a little bit of, uh, of uh, 
insight into the mix, uh, is that Gaza and what's going on today is simply a symptom of this desire to wipe Israel off the map. And the missiles that have been fired onto Israel are being financed or produced in Iran or their plebiscite. And this is where it's all coming from. And so this is churning, as we're sitting here this, uh, this evening, uh, this morning. If they could, they would mount an invasion of Israel and destroy it. But because uh, the factors have not come together yet, uh, they have not done this. I was listening to, uh, I think on Saturday, Michael Medved. He was, in, uh, he was uh, interviewing a Palestinian. Now, you have to understand something about Arabs. Arabs and Muslims are insane. There's a spirit that's involved. Uh, years ago, my wife and I and one of the tours were coming through uh, 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 Syria, uh, Damascus, and uh, Jordan, and uh, I saw firsthand in the uh, in the organization uh, and how they run the airports and all. Uh, these people they 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 live in confusion. So something's missing in their brain. I'm listening to Michael Medved. He's trying to interview. He's trying to be fair and get an opinion to counteract that. But, but he can't get a word in ed- edgewise. He's got a woman on that's one of the uh, representatives of the Palestinians. And he's trying to reason with her. And she, he can't get a word in edgewise. Uh, finally, he said, would you answer me this? Yesterday, which would have been Friday, uh, CNN said 86 missiles were fired from Gaza into Jerusalem. Uh, do you believe that? She said, just a waste of time. He finally just cut it off and went on to other things. Because these people have a spirit. That spirit is a spirit that wants to destroy. It is an anti-Semitic spirit. It is an anti-God spirit. And the issue, of course, is Jerusalem because Jerusalem is where God's name is placed. That moves it into a satanic realm beyond the normal and the rational, uh, and uh, this is in the mix. They would, uh, if they could, they would mount an invasion, uh, but they can't at the moment. So this brings us into another little dimension that we need to put in there, is that something dramatic has happened in natural resources just in the last uh, short, probably three years. I have a man in my congregation, he's one of our council members, as a matter of fact, and he said to me a, a couple of years ago, about 18 months ago, he said, Pastor, I see, you know, they're drilling for oil in Israel. He said, I see this advertising. You think maybe it'd be a good investment for me to uh, invest my money in that? And I said, nah, that's a scam. That's a religious scam. Don't do that. And so uh, uh, he, he took my word for it. And the next day they struck oil in Israel. You know, I said... <laughs> much for investment advice from that Pastor Mrs. But something has happened that has changed the dynamics. Listen to me. Vitally changed is in Israel, they have struck oil, but in, uh, in uh, uh, the Mediterranean, they not only have struck oil, vast natural gas resources, and also oil, they have so much there that they say they can supply Europe with all the natural gas they need for a hundred years. 
Now think about this for a moment because now this brings uh, another dimension and another dimension is God mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That's Soviet Russia. So here we have these uh, these uh, Arab nations uh, that they're just they're just stirring with poison and hatred. They would like to do it, but they don't feel they have the ability alone. But there's another dimension is coming, and that dimension is Israel is as fast as they can. They're developing this natural gas. Have already said they intend to ship it into Europe because Russia has been able to strangle Europe with natural gas. Now, this is changing the dimension, and uh, now we're talking about a very, very dangerous neighborhood, neighborhood uh, with another dimension in uh, that here are all these nations, if they had someone that would help them, give them the nerve to back that, and what does Ezekiel say? That Doug is going to be the armorer or the one who furnished the impetus, and so here we have uh, this dimension in. So here we have Israel, that is God's time clock, and in the book of Zechariah, uh, chapter uh, uh, 12, uh, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says, Behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness uh, uh, to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against uh, Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day that I'll make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples, all who would keep it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered together against it. In Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 2, we bring that Jerusalem again. And I'll gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. And then to Ezekiel, all of these are last day prophecies. Ezekiel 38 and verse 10, thus says the Lord God. On that day, that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan to take plunder and to take booty to stretch out your hand against the base waste places that are uh, again inhabited and against the people uh, against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. So here we have Israel, God's time clock. We have these prophecies that are time-segmented. And this brings us now to the crucial moment that you and I live. Why should we be concerned? Because Israel is God's time clock. Don't forget that because we have to factor this in to the issue of the hour. So this brings me to one statement that we need to look at, and this is the signal that we see very plainly of the hope of the believers in Jesus Christ, because all of these are prophecies of the last days, and you can be sure that when the spotlight falls back upon the Jew and the Jew returning, then we need to pay attention. Listen to this quote I just flipped out this week in a paper that I did. It says, prophecy being fulfilled as Jews return to Israel in record numbers. The Associated Press reports this week that Jews in France are fleeing by the thousands to return to their uh, ancestral home of Israel and Jerusalem, its capital. This, uh, 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 Jerusalem, its capital. More than 5,000 uh, are on track to leave this year. And the, the 
most since after the Six-Day War in 1967, uh, with more than half the world's Jewish population uh, now live in Israel, according to the uh, Jewish uh, agency. So here we have now this, uh, this, uh, this desire, this movement, this spiritual uh, migration, if you can. And when that happens, uh, remember that prophecy says that this is going to signal and uh, we are seeing this to happen in tumultuous times on planet Earth. Listen to this prophecy in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. But know this, uh, that in the last days perilous times uh, will come. Jesus said, wars and rumors of wars. How many of you can ever remember a time when there's more wars going on than you can count on both hands uh, at this present time? We had the Arab Spring. The Arab Spring was a very interesting period of time. This, uh, uh, the uh, liberal press said, oh, this is wonderful. Democracy is coming to the Middle East. Uh, democracy is a child of Christianity. It won't work among any other kind of people. So here, uh, uh, stable, somewhat stable governments will be thrown sometimes by the United States of America and their background stuff, and has left an absolute powder keg in the Middle East, and has left that a, a, a place uh, teeming with uh, the possibilities. Only God knows all that can take place. Uh, and here in the middle of this, we see the burning pews. Uh, and Jesus said, wars and rumors of wars uh, and perilous times uh, will come. Second Peter 3 uh, and uh, verse 3 says, Knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, What's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. How many of you were saved in the 70s? Let me see your hand. I'm not going to give an altar call. This is, I'm just asking. <laughs> How many of you remember that in the 70s, uh, us preaching, concerning me, saying uh, that you, the prophecy is coming to be uh, fulfilled? And you saw the, the three. We opened many churches with the great three, the big three. You can remember that? Thief in the night and so on and so forth. And so uh, we're, we're saying, uh, Jesus is coming again. Prophecy. How many remember that? Anybody remember that? Well, as a... As uh, Paul said, uh, this may be true, and this has been 30, 40 years since then, but the fact you can come to it, we're a lot closer to it now than we were then, amen. So if you're going to scoff and say you're preaching this, Pastor Mitchell, in 1970, yes, I'm still preaching, oh, how the world has changed uh, and make this such a possibility. Uh, and the great blessing that we have here is Jesus Christ is coming again. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? Thank God for that. Now, this is the focus uh, for believers. Uh, look at verse 36 for a moment, because the Bible says, Watch therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things uh, that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Worthy to escape means that you're living for God, uh, and uh, that you're looking forward to the coming of the Lord, and your lifestyle lines up with that. No time to backslide, folks. Amen. There's no time to backslide. And if you're not saved, you better get saved, because the clock is ticking. So the Apostle Paul, he gives some very pointed words, uh, and uh, he gives this in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Wonderful, wonderful words. Uh, 
You need to memorize that. You need to look. And the Scripture says that uh, the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God shall sound. Then we, uh, which are alive and remain, shall be cut up with, to, uh, to meet the Lord in the air and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So think about that for a moment. Uh, I'm preaching this morning, but this could happen before I finish uh, preaching this sermon. A trumpet's going to sound. Some are going to go. Some are not going to go. Can you say amen? Thank God for that. So this makes us alive this morning. This makes us a living thing. This makes these words with power. Because this is the hope that we have. Paul says, if in this life only we have hope of Christ Jesus, we are of all men more miserable. Thank God for the blessings that we receive. But I want to tell you, that's not our hope. This is our hope, is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to catch us away. And remember that Israel uh, is the signal that these events, events are near. Why should we be concerned? One is that you better do all you can to get your friends saved, uh, to do whatever you can to, to evangelize the world. Because listen to verse 28. Uh, now when these things begin to happen, look up. And lift up your heads, uh, because your redemption uh, draws uh, nigh. This is great news to believers. Can you say amen? See, when we see this happening, why should we pay attention? Because there's quickenings in our spirit. Uh, that prophecy is coming to pass, uh, and this gives a glorious message. Uh, among all the bad news of the world, here's the wonderful hope uh, and that's the hope of the second coming of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, I feel excited in my spirit. I don't know about you. I'm looking at all this uh, disaster. I'm looking at all the dimensions that are there. And as I'm looking at that, I'm looking at the Scripture and I say, God, you put that there so that we could be stirred with an urgency uh, that what we must do, we must do quickly. Can you say amen? Uh, because Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Well, the Apostle Paul, when he lays hold of this, he speaks many times in prophecy about the second coming of the Lord. And it's always with a wonderful anticipation of the glory of experiencing. This is called the rapture, and it's coming to pass. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.